Welcome back to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, licensed clinical social worker. We talk about all things entrepreneurship and boundaries in entrepreneurship. Today, I have a, I always say a special guest, but she is definitely a special guest. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite chefs in the whole wide world, Chef Tam. Chef Tam in the building. Um, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Absolutely. Anything for you. We were supposed to do this in Ghana two we, weeks ago. We were. But uh, I, I, I didn't realize how packed the schedule was. Yeah, we, we did a lot. We would not have had time no, to do a podcast. No time there. at all. In fact, it, it, it seemed like the schedule was so packed. But then when it came to an end, I was like, did we do everything? I feel like. We did missing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do everything. Um, so we're here today. Yeah. Uh, what all are you doing right now? Sure. Restaurants, books, um, a chef coat line, rebranding myself, um, stepping out on faith. Um, I am installing boundaries around myself every day all day like never before did you ever hit a point of rock bottom when it came to not having healthy boundaries absolutely are you okay with talking about what they look like oh honey yeah um i have i have always been a people pleaser and so because i have been a people pleaser um I would always play like Jesus Jr. in people's lives, trying to fix everything and fix everything for everybody. Um, Even if that meant things in my own life were falling apart. And so if you came to me and said you couldn't pay your light bill and you had kids, I felt like I could figure out how to pay your light bill, even though my light bill was due to. And I would do that and I would end up without light. Or I wouldn't have food and I emptied my freezer to feed you thinking I'll make the money back or you'll be there for me in the same way that I was there for you. Mm -hmm. That consistently happened to me for probably the better part of 15, 20 years of me seeing about other people and people not showing up for me. Mm -hmm. And then finally, one day. Um, it was like the sun shined like it never shined before. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. And if I'm good, you'll be good. So no, I don't have it. It was really hard to say no. Um, because I felt like if I said no, you wouldn't like me. Right. And so I'm going to keep saying yes until I don't have anything. Yeah, no, that I don't do anymore. No is now my favorite thing. Mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Or I ain't got to answer my phone. Because who pays for it? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, let's not talk about what AT&T gets out of me. When somebody be trying to bully you on your own phone. Yeah. The phone I pay for? I have to. One day I went through um, my phone bill. And the lady said, you have 15 different lines on this phone bill. And I was like, oh, 
who, who, who the hell got a phone? Who has phones? And, uh, you know, it's for business. Right. But it's like everybody has a phone. Everybody has an iPad. Everybody has this. Everybody has that. And it hits you when, oh, you forgot to pay it this month. And then you pay it the next month and it's $2,800. Right. And you're like. When? Who is talking? Are you even using the phone? Because if not, give me that. Yeah. Those um, type of boundaries I've put in place where I am saving myself and Mm -hmm. rebuilding myself. That's been really beneficial for me. How has that impacted your sleep? Um, So before I uh, installed these walls, as I call them, I didn't really get good sleep. Um, I would go to sleep at say nine in the morning I mean nine in the evening and I'd be up at three in the morning and I that's I'm up for the rest of the day now I'm gonna stay up at least until nine thirty ten. okay and I ain't getting up to seven if I ain't got to I don't have to be everywhere I don't have to be all things to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having a business and being a black woman, being a single mother for a season made me feel like I had to be superwoman and that I had to show up and I had to be present all the time. That chicken going to fry if I'm not there. It's something that I continue to learn. And a lot of the clients that I see that come to me are what I call the strong friend. Mm -hmm. Because if you say this person is a people pleaser, they don't think they're a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. But if I say strong friend, the rescuer, the nurturer, the helper, the go-to, the plug, the one that's going to make it happen for everybody else, they're like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's you people pleasing. Absolutely. Because you are sacrificing yourself for the benefit of other people on a regular basis. But mm-hmm. we get stuff out of it, though, because mm-hmm. we like Making other people happy. Well, so for me, I realized um, that my love language is receiving gifts and giving them. You can receive? Yeah. I love receiving gifts. I, it's hard, but I love it. Okay. I ain't say it. I do it well, okay. but I love it. But I really love giving gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, I love for you to be intentional about, like, I'm going to give you this. Or I listened to you one day say you needed this and here you go. My husband didn't grow up like I did and is not from where I'm from. And he he is learning or trying to learn how to be that person. For me, if I walk by you and I see your shoe is mm-hmm. leaning, I'ma just order another one. I I don't why we walking around with leaning shoes, I don't understand. You gonna keep wearing that flip flop and the Nike done fell off? We're not. And so for me, it is the joy of like even my son. I just sent him a box for his birthday. I got him a shirt in Ghana. I got him a mask in Ghana, and I got him some cologne. He didn't go get the box from the post office at the campus for like a week, and I was like every day, "Are you going to get the box?" Because I wanted the joy yeah. of him opening it. He's 20, child. He ain't worried about that. No. He like, I, I just had an Omega house party for my birthday. He's like, what box? I get to it when I get I'm to good. it. And so I'm learning every day the same way um, that I 
build boundaries for myself, it also allows other people to grow mm-hmm. because they don't have to lean on me mm-hmm. to figure out how they're going to pay for this or how they're going to figure that out. My son called me yesterday and said, my mom to get a job. Now, I didn't feel comfortable with it, still don't feel comfortable with it. But you know what my response was? If that's what you want to do, as long as your grades are good, that's fine. Yeah. On the inside, it was a fire. Like, no, you got to focus on school. You got all your life to work. But boundaries say, you want a job? Go get one, baby. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. You understand what my requirements are for your grades. Don't let them slip. Live your life. Steven, uh, my son, he got a job. Did you know that, Cassius? Steven works at McDonald's. And he bought some stuff from Amazon yesterday. And when I saw it pop up on my phone, I was like, why is he buying that? And it did something to me because he bought face wash, body wash. Like, he bought $90 worth of hygiene stuff. And I'm thinking... I do that. That's my job. Why are you taking that from me? You could have just told me you needed it or just put it in the basket and I could pay for it. And I was like, Steve, what's going on? He said, oh, it's just stuff that I wanted. I want to be able to pay for it. Okay. So he's in high school. My son's in college. And when he does this whole I'm grown thing, it feels the way. Because it's true. It really, I mean, you are grown. You a whole 20, but. You low-key grown. I don't know. It's di- and I think it's different with boys. Yeah. Uh, you probably wouldn't have felt that way if Chelsea would have bought did it, wash. I was proud like, of her. Go ahead, girl. Yeah. What is that about, though? I think it's about, for me, I run into a lot of men who don't get touched. Like nobody touches them. Nobody gives them a hug. Um, They don't they're not told that they're a good person. They're not told how nice they look. They're not told they smell good. Like it's a it's a lot of men out there who have not been validated on a regular basis. I have some clients that come in and I'll say, what was the last time you had a hug or somebody touched you just because they care about you? Three, four weeks, two months, three months. Because people assume that they don't need those things. So is it is it people assuming or is that what they actually put out there? It could be both. Okay. Probably a combination of stuff. Right. But I have a soft spot for men who are doing the things that they feel like they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has kind of like maybe caused me to be a more... I don't want to say sucker, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it might be what it is, friend. Let me tell you, cause I for for Dorian, like today, I sent him some money, and he said, uh, "Mama, did you mean to send me that?" I said, "Yeah." He was like, "Did you see how much it was?" I said, "Yeah." You meant to send me that? Yeah, boy, you just sent me grades that are all A's, mm-hmm. and you are in the out partying this frat ever and, and all a's and all a's you can get whatever you want i might be slow giving it to you but you can get whatever you want mm. even when he was pledging <clears throat> same his grades didn't drop when he was pledging wow and that's and that's he, commendable a bloody chapter and his grades didn't drop 
because I had it in his head. Hey, this is my, I, I gave him requirements when he went out to school. Even before he went to school, this was a boundary mm -hmm. that I set. If you want to go to a PWI, that education is on you because I'm not paying for it. But if you go to any HBCU, you'll never have a dime of debt. And I've kept that word. He's in his third year of school. Mm -hmm. And um, when I had to pay them fees, <laughs> I was like, maybe I should let him go to the PWI. Because <laughs> he wouldn't have pledged. He probably wouldn't have pledged. But he has done so well. Now, for me, the hardest thing with boundaries and being a parent mm -hmm. is letting him grow up. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult for me to hear that my son is like in Birmingham and in Jackson and in Mobile. And like, but but why, why you didn't you didn't ask me for permission in you like, didn't tell me. wait wait. So did you? So like did you? You didn't have you got an oil change? What did you pay did your you, car insurance? Have you? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I struggle with that, too. Um, I like to remind people that boundaries are desires and expectations. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are the rules of engagement. And Absolutely. oftentimes we have to be willing and mindful to update our rules of engagement, mm. not just with other mm. people, but sometimes with ourselves, too. Good. Yeah, you got to update often it. often do you update, though? Because um, that's that is amazing. Ooh, that's so deep. That's rich. Let me update my boundaries. Because oh my. it depends on what season you you're evolve, in. You require different things. And sometimes our stress comes from trying to operate in boundaries that no longer oh, serve us. Oh, my. So as we parent, our boundaries change. plate over there? Uh, cash mm -hmm. at me. Throw that. It's in a palm circle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Being so, intentional with yourself. So if I am operating on yesterday's boundaries and it's a new day and I require something different, I'm adding stress, frustration, irritation to myself and the people that are doing life with me. And the people that have that you have imaginary contracts with. Mm. So we 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 think imaginary we, what? Contracts. Oh. Mm. The you should know. Mm. You've been around me for twelve years. Why you don't know that? Mm. We're not the same as we were before we went to Ghana. So no. your boundaries no have changed in some ways because some things are no longer really a priority or important to you. Let me tell you, before we went to Ghana, Toya, I was like, you know what, God? You can have these restaurants. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. I don't care that they earn, I earned $2 million last year. This is a lot of weight. People don't even expect for you, like they can't even fathom the amount of weight is on your shoulders when you earn that kind of money or you have other people's income in your hands that you got to make sure these people get paid. You got to make sure this is paid, that's paid. All of these things, I literally was like, if you if they close down, I'm okay with it, God. That's literally what I said before we went to Ghana. And I literally said, 
Teresa, the manager at the restaurant, was like, I would like to have a job to come back to when we come back. And I said to her, if it burned down, it burned down. And she was like, what? I'm going to tell you when it shifted for me. To to piggyback off you saying we're not the same as when we went to, before we went to Ghana. When we were walking down to the last bath and he said, Kofi mm-hmm. said, uh, I can't tell you to keep going. I can't tell you to keep being strong. I can't tell you not to give up. But right now you ought to feel something at your back telling you to keep going. Mm. And when he said it, like, Reese was already crying. Everybody, I heard the other people kind of sniffling. But when he said that, it was like, wait a minute. These people didn't have an opportunity to give up. How the hell dare me give up because it weighed too much? They couldn't give up if they wanted they to. They couldn't give up if they want. So you won't give up because you made $2 million and you got a $200,000 tax bill and you're trying to figure it out? Okay, and? These people walk. For five months chained chained to each other to get to some water to bathe in to have to walk more to go underground in a dungeon Mm -hmm. and they couldn't give up and they had no idea what they were doing and why and some of them didn't even speak the same language I forgot about that so I might be tied to somebody that I can't even communicate with to say, don't walk so fast, slow down, you pulling my arm, you pulling my leg, like. Or I'm not like, feeling well, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to puke on your feet. They couldn't give up. Yeah. So there was an, a resolve in me that said, you don't have the right. You can be tired, you can be frustrated, but the most you can do is rest. Which should be a boundary. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I was telling somebody the other day, I do not like when I call someone and they are asleep and they answer the phone. Mm. I feel like you have that issue, too. I you answer the phone while you're asleep. I don't like it. Like, call me back when you wake up. Because whatever I need to say, that's a harder consideration, though, that you don't even consider is consideration yeah and they are like if you call you must need something so a part of them that needs to take care of you is like i'm gonna answer Mm -hmm. because i guarantee you even though he may answer when his phone rings i guarantee he don't answer every time it rings when he sleep he might roll over and see it and be like "Eh." but if it's his wife or his kids then he gonna answer true and so it's just about people actually want to be able to love on you and take care of you. So mm-hmm. no matter what they're doing, they're going to answer. Yeah. Uh, now, I had to learn that's a boundary. I ain't got to answer that phone every time it rings. Uh, I had a conversation with Dorian the other day about putting his phone on Do Not Disturb. And I said, you're trying to you're trying to teach other people that you don't want to be disturbed. when really you got to teach yourself. What you mean? That's not discipline. That's not discipline. It's not it, saying, hey, I'm I'm not free right now. I'll call you back no, when I'm done studying. No, because you just leave your phone on Do Not Disturb mm. 24-7. So who are you trying to discipline, them or you? I get that. Because if you're trying to discipline yourself, leave it off of Do Not Disturb and don't pick it up. 
if you don't want to answer. But if you have to have it on do not disturb every time, all day long, you're trying to teach them when really it's a lesson you need to be learning. Yeah. Possibly. Or the phone overstimulates me. See, he he don't talk to enough people for Okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> he don't talk to enough I tried to help you, Dorian. Yeah, nah, you I tried to save he you a little bit. He, don't, he, don't talk, he doesn't talk to enough people for that. He just is just like, I don't want to hear the phone ring. Yeah. I don't want to talk to that person. Yeah. Wanna, and I'm like, then don't talk to that person. Right. And so um, I'm all about, you know, it's funny. People are always talking about deliverance or freedom from certain things. We don't recognize that freedom from certain things actually just comes from discipline. Yeah. And discipline is boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about something else yesterday. Um, and it's something that I talk about sometimes. And I had to learn this because I used to brag about being a go with the flow person. Because mm -hmm. I thought that that meant that I was not problematic, that I was easy to get along with. But really what I was doing was suppressing my feelings for the benefit of other people. And so <laughs> learning the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, mm. a peacekeeper goes with the flow. I just want to keep the peace. I don't want to say nothing. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to let it play out how it's supposed to play out. A peacemaker is like, hey, we can't do this with you all day. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take care of this, this and that so that we can have a good rest of the day. Sacrificing my feelings so other people can be comfortable, even though I'm uncomfortable. Right. The difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of some of the things that you're talking about with the do not disturb. Mm -hmm. Like people need to understand why you're not available. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you what's interesting. It's so funny that you said something about being a go-with-the-flow type person. Uh, I, I think I kind of had this buzzword with you the other day, and I said something about being weird. And it's so funny because I feel like I'm always over-opinionated mm. or I've got to be heard or you're not going to shush me or that's not right or whatever the case may be. And really, um, you have been teaching me a whole lot about no speak up for yourself it's curiosity because what's gonna happen is your chest gonna tighten up your back gonna hurt you're gonna be irritated you're gonna be mad when you could have just spoke up for yourself because there's more room out than in and i'm learning it every day and our body holds trauma our body traps trauma our body keeps trauma in Usually when somebody has a panic attack, it's because they're still trying to control the outward situation by controlling them on the inside. Mm. My thoughts are getting ahead of me, but I'm focusing on doing things in my own strength. Mm. And I know that because that's what I was experiencing in the times where I had panic attacks because mm -hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself and I haven't even gotten to the next minute. But I'm right. like two weeks ahead of here. Right. Right. And. Being reminded that you 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 can't do everything in your own strength. Right. That's not how life is supposed to work. And the vulnerability in that is being able to ask for help or being able to say, hey, you know what? This actually ain't my fight. <laughs> this ain't my fight and this ain't my business. Uh, really, for me... 
kind of came to a head in Ghana. How much is it my business? Does it just make me uncomfortable because I'm being judgmental? Or does it make me uncomfortable because of the principle? Or does it make me uncomfortable because it ain't what I would do? Mm. And so I had to ask myself that so many times and in so many instances. Is it because they were ain't what you would do? Is it because it ain't how you was raised? Yeah. Is it because you fear something? Like all those things, that's another thing with kind of learning yourself day by day. That internal dialogue. Yeah. I never would have had those questions with myself or for myself. I just would have been like, I don't like it. And that ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it. Are you proud of yourself? I'm I'm I at first it was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of shrink back like, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It but then afterwards it was like, I'm proud of you, girl. Look at you growing up and shit. Making like you grown. Acting like you almost 50 for real. Because it just helps you process your own feelings and be honest with yourself. And get to, you know, my core values versus somebody else's core values. Right. And can I be okay with that? Right. And then something else, too. It helps you recognize the things that you may be triggered by. Mm. Because triggers are just really indicators to Mm -hmm. say, hey deal with that or hey look at that or hey look at me mm-hmm. and again it, when you think about it all of it is about boundaries all of it and we were not really taught to value them or to implement them uh as children it's just be seen not heard um so you're taught not to have a voice you're taught to go with the flow absolutely not taught to have. Now, I will say this. I'm still a black mama, so we're not finna have all that conversation back and forth now. Mm-hmm. I said, go sit down. Mm-hmm. We're not finna keep talking about what you don't want to do mm-hmm. or what you don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. I have a friend now, and she she's my oldest best friend. We can talk about it now because our kids are big. But, honey, I would be on the phone with her, and she'd be like, what donut you want? Girl, if you don't get the kids a glazed donut, get what about the donut shop? They two, get them a donut. Which one you want? No, they two. They can find out what they want when they 10. I, having kids <laughs> forced me to work through my indecisiveness. Really? Because I struggle with making decisions. And so I'd want these little people to, which donut do you want? Because I don't want to give you one that you don't want. Oh, no. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Dorian was probably 10 or 12 before I let him make a decision at a restaurant. Mm. We're not finna go through this because you're going to pick fries and chicken nuggets. Every time. Every time. And you need a vegetable. And so now I see the product of that and it's like, hey, I'm going to Instacart you some groceries. Mama, don't forget my peas. Funny because I ain't eating a pea. <laughs> I hate peas. <laughs> And he wants me to Instacart him some peas Ooh, and some green beans. I like and Dorian. So that, it's like, no, me, I, I understood, I understand better the structure mm-hmm. that my parents instilled in us. And so people laugh, like I literally was telling somebody just maybe two days ago, I never made a sandwich in my father's house. Never cooked one time. I'm almost 50 years old. And I can look back and say, 
18 years growing up in that house, I never went in the kitchen and made peanut butter and jelly. Not a bowl of cereal. Why? Because no, my dad made breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us every oh, day. Oh, wow. My daddy would get up in the morning and make us breakfast. He would pack us lunch that I would throw away. Because mm. why I got to eat a, a meat sandwich that stink because it's bologna. No, thank you. Mm. I still won't eat bologna to this day. <laughs> I just bought some today. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, but it stinks so bad. Um... And he would make dinner every day. And we sat at the table and ate that. Like, I never experienced how kids eat in their room. I didn't experience that. So you didn't even know that what y'all were doing wasn't the norm? Had no clue. I thought everybody did that. And then when I would go over other people's house and they would be outside eating a sandwich or drinking water out the water hose, I'd be like, well, why are you doing that? You know, what are you doing? Why are you drinking water out of that? How'd you feel with us walking past or driving past people in Ghana and they just outside peeing? Yeah, that the peeing or we just going to eat. You, so did we wash that meat before we threw it on this uh, piece of iron that you cooked? And out? I just saw you scratching your head. No, I'm good. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, Nick laughs at me so much because I like when we first got together, I'd be like, oh, I don't eat that hole in the walls. And I'd have, yeah, I don't eat that hole in the walls. I need to be able to sue them if something go wrong. <laughs> and I was like, no, dear just, Nick, thank you. Yeah, take me to a chain, baby. I need, they need to have about five or six of them. Oh, yeah. I've gotten better now because I'll go to. A little hole in the wall. Now I ain't going to linger, but I'll go. Okay. That's where the good food is. Yeah, real good. Real good. Mm. Real good. So, um, how, as an entrepreneur, how have you helped other people around you get comfortable with your rules of engagement? Ooh. Uh, I don't think I've done very well with it. Okay. Um, because I'm so introverted and isolative that I don't necessarily if I don't feel you you don't get close to me at all okay and so you're probably going to walk away thinking she's rude she's mean she's sometimey no I just don't know you and I don't feel comfortable talking to you and you don't fake at all if I don't like you I just don't like you you know your mammy but hey period <laughs> um but <laughs> The oh, your greasy, greasy grandpappy, neither. <laughs> <laughs> your greasy granny. <laughs> but like other entrepreneurs that I feel get very comfortable with me because they understand she gonna put her head down, she gonna work, she gonna give you her opinion, she gonna tell you what you can do. Like, oh, I just had this thought, you need to run with it. I'm telling you, if you run with it, you're gonna make some money every time. And it, I, I don't. I think that people love that about me, so they are very comfortable because they're like, what you just hear, what I need to do different. Mm -hmm. They see it as um, a well of resource, mm -hmm. and they're comfortable with it because of that. Okay. And I'm comfortable telling them. Um, so when I don't open my mouth, the... The closed mouth ends up being this internal struggle in my physical body mm. where I can feel it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that ain't the right camera and you shouldn't have that camera. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't say nothing, and now I'm feeling it in my back. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in real life, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying. Or uh, you shouldn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's just like when I get close enough to you, hey, listen, go get the camera from down now and put that one right there instead of that one. Mm-hmm. And they see the outcome, and they're like, oh, man, thank you. Because when people know what your intentions are, they don't mind following what you suggest. Right. Now, that is uh, an area that I've got to learn on how to convey. Mm. I'm not real good on how to convey it. So it's going to come off like, why you got them shoes on, girl? So I have learned that one way to do that is to use curiosity. Okay. By asking a question and putting the thought in their head. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Those are some colorful shoes. What made you decide to wear those today? <laughs> what was it? What I just heard? Why the hell she got out of there? Actually, I put them on because I was like, I didn't pack all these clothes and put them in Rhode Island. Right. I got nothing here to wear. So I may or may not say, I think you should have chose some different shoes. I might be like, oh, that's all she really had to wear today. So let me just shut the hell up because she doing what she can do. (laughs) But using curiosity to kind of help you. So the person feels like they're a part of it and not like you're feeling like they're feeling judged. So let me tell you that. Depending on the other person hearing it, they go still feel. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I had said, but that ain't what I said. So I can backtrack if I need to. Yeah, they still gonna be like, "What made you decide to wear that shirt today?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna still. Or be like, "So tell me, tell me about this shirt you wore." That's a better way. Okay, so the tone. Well, no, where'd you get that shirt? Because. The first one sounds like you're talking to your man and he had on the wrong shirt. And now he finna go change the shirt no matter what. Either way, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> he got you out them bright-ass shoes and it's taking the shirt. Don't come in here with no black Air Force ones on. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> the guy, one of the guys moving the restaurant this weekend had on some black Air Force and I said... How many cars you stole? <laughs> he just fell out laughing because he already knew. Yeah. Like, this is what this shoe is. What you got that shoe off of? And with some white socks. I know. Those were the ones that was closer to the bed oh when he was God. leaving the house. That's what he did. Yeah, I laughed at that. This is one of my favorite things about um, when people have black therapists because there's certain stuff you can talk about where you don't Absolutely. have to explain it. Absolutely. If I say black Air Force One's personality versus, oh, he a white Air Force One kind of dude, like you already know what we're talking about <laughs> because we can relate. What's funny is I've actually had a white, my, fer- my first therapist was a white woman and she was like, you're just depressed and um, you just, we're just going to get you some medicine because you're very depressed and when I <laughs> when I went to a black therapist after this she was like girl listen tell the people you ain't gonna pay their light bill the therapist I was like this my friend Wait. yes ma'am but when I called and said I ain't paying your light bill I felt so good cause they figured it out I was like wait a minute I like I, see I don't want to promote or push 
so pro-black that you don't see other people as valuable. Right. But in certain spaces medically, I feel like we need us. From doctors to therapists to to pain dentists, management specialists. Everything because it's just different. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> I I had a black doctor in Texas and I was like, you know, all my family's just big bone and he an old black man and he was like, Come here. He took me out of his office, walked me down the hall, he said, You see that skeleton? Your ass just fat. <laughs> Now, a white doctor would never. He was like, duh. He was like, do you see them? This, the same size them bones are, and there is the same bones in you. Don't let nobody tell you big bone. You are big fat. And he's an old black man. And he was like, now work on it. That was it. I'm sticking a big bone. I was like, oh, okay. There's no difference <laughs> than when I was in school. Uh, Coach Gales was our English teacher, and Coach Gales would say, if you come in my class and say fentanyl, I'm going to put you out because that's not a proper word. And so a whole black man, Coach Gaz, I'm, I'm finna go to my uh, math class. You must didn't hear me, you damn fool. My white teachers would have never. And I understood that he really wants me to present myself well right. in front of these white people that are going to judge me. Because you're when getting I say ready that. to, not yeah. fentanyl. Yeah, I'm about to go to my math class. Now, you know, Fenna, and I understood it because mm -hmm. that's how my parents would have said it to me. Like, you don't talk like that. You don't do that. So I think that, like, honestly, having a black therapist makes me feel comfortable mm. and makes me feel at home and makes me feel like I have a space where I can bear my soul mm -hmm. and the person understands me. They don't have to... Man, she said this, and I wonder what that means. No, they just know. Yeah. Yeah. If I show you a picture of Jada, Jada you already know what that means. The end. <laughs> if I show you a picture of Will walking toward the stage, you already know. She finna slap somebody. Like, <laughs> and so it's just beautiful to see. One is great for us to embrace therapy. Yeah. Because before now, it was something frowned upon. And so to be in a space where we're just like, we're about our mental health, we're about our physical health, we're about our financial health in ways that our parents could never. And they all go together. Absolutely. They all go together. The mental part affects everything else. Absolutely. And if you don't take care of, if you're going to the gym and you still got a funky attitude because you are harboring bitterness about something that happened 15 years ago, you might as well stop going to the gym. First of all, how are you going to the gym with a funky attitude? Because it ought to be releasing every endorphin in the world. Some people don't. Baby, how? Some people I don't. don't. People, if you're having, like, if you're having sex regularly and going to the gym, you ought to be happy as hell. I'd be happy. <laughs> And give me some food that's going to make me Please. swing my legs. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. But some people are still able to because they're able to compartmentalize their bitterness. Ooh. And save it. And use it on people as a weapon that don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, Where can we find... You. You can't find me, child. Okay. That's your that's nah. your boundary. Unfindable. Unfuckwittable. 
<laughs> no. Um. So I'm about to fully step away from Memphis. Um. I'm gonna keep the restaurant here. Okay. Um. And let them run it. Uh. Give them the rules, the regulations, and whatnot. But I'm going to go to Rhode Island fully and open that restaurant there and do some other Chef Tam branding things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't even be in that restaurant past maybe 60 days. Mm. But it's about um, branding myself in a different light. What I needed when my son was in the sixth grade, I don't need now. Right. Um, I need miles and trips and as much travel as possible. I don't need to be in a restaurant all day long. Mm-hmm. He got one more year. And that master's degree is his business, not mine. Mm. So um, I don't have to have the same grit and grind I had when I was in the little house at 22.99 Young, where I was there all day long and I didn't leave and I was scared to leave. Uh, I'm going to tell you, COVID taught me that chicken will fry itself and I ain't got to be the one to do it. That's a that's a word for every business owner. Yeah, it'll it will it will. Uh, we went to Ghana. We were in Ghana eleven days. Mm-hmm. We got back. The restaurant was still there. The chicken got fried. Fried the hell out of. It was just fine. Mm. And I think that it, like if I could leave you with something, it would be nothing can grow if your fingers have to touch it constantly. Mm. Nothing can become big if you're the only one touching it. Right. Nothing. Also, don't be afraid to prune. Pruning promotes growth. Yeah. Cutting away that's not what's not working, what's not fruitful. Even cutting away some things that are fruitful. Just because you can don't mean you should. Just because you can don't mean you should. You know, okay, and then I'm, I'm then I'm gonna let you go after this. When we went to the botanical garden, my favorite part about that, well, no, because we went to the waterfall later that day. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoy seeing you and Toya, like, be excited about the spices Mm -hmm. and excited about the origin of where things came from. And then to see that y'all knew so much stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't even know these type of conversations existed. Let me tell you something that um, growing up with a father that always taught us about Africa and loving the people and loving the land and being able to go there and take his ashes there. Um, probably if if I have top 10 moments, that's that that's probably number one, even over birth of my son, um, because. Everything that we ever learned about that land, Mm -hmm. I saw in 11 days was a lie. Right. It is so rich of culture and history, and everything starts there. And peace. And peace, baby. I ain't never slept so good on a hard mattress in my life. (laughs) It was a box. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, knocked out. I mean, when you wake up and crust up to your eye from your mouth, good sleep. Yeah, night, night. You don't you don't think about the cinnamon that you're using is a tree. I did not know that. You don't think that the nutmeg that your grandma putting in that peach cobbler is the fruit of a tree. Mm -hmm. You don't know 
that if you boil the bark off a mango tree, it could help a man become strong again. That sitting there or hearing, tiger nut. Listen, hearing this man talk about all this stuff, I was like, "What the world?" Mm-hmm. Tell me more. I record. I didn't even realize I wasn't taking pictures. I recorded the whole dog on trip. I was like, where are the pictures at in my phone? You got to screenshot them. Baby. I was recording everything. I was like, say it again. It was just like, oh, my God. And and I realized that when we got home, um, I was talking to a friend from over there. And I don't know what I was dealing with, but he said, just get you um, some coconut water and lime and drink it in the morning on an empty stomach. And I was like, okay. So I... Got the coconut water mm-hmm. and I showed it to him. He was like, "Y'all, y'all don't have coconuts." <laughs> no. <laughs> he said, "I never saw coconut water in a can. Why, why y'all have that?" And then I'm taking vitamins. He was like, "Why can't you just go and get some?" So my best friends are retired from the pharmacy, and she has told me this our entire friendship. <laughs> Let your medicine be food and let your food be medicine. Mm. And that was the founding father's thought in pharmacy, or they called it pharmacology. Mm -hmm. You don't need pills. You just need to eat the right thing. Yeah. But if you think about even when God created us, everything we needed was in the garden. But we don't have access to it. We have to pay more for organic and Across the water, organic is go, the cheapest thing ever. Yeah, you just go pick it out the yard. I'm going to eat this cherry and hear myself go, now nah, wash it first. <laughs> oh, From the tree? Yeah, no. And, and we don't recognize how much of that stuff is really like what we ought to be ingesting anyway. So people trending for being vegan over there is just their everyday quality of life. Every if you day. get some meat, it's just extra. Yeah. And not just not just extra, but I'm not going to eat that kind of meat because that's not good for me. And I know it's not. And over here, we just like, especially in Memphis, throw them ribs on that grill. But some of that is, you know, I heard that soul food came from us taking the scraps. Absolutely. They never experienced that. Mm-hmm. So they don't eat scraps. They don't eat neck bones and turkey necks and stuff like that. Well, no, they do. They do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Some of them just don't know about it. Yeah. No, they, they do. But they eat it on purpose and not because it was forced and that was the only thing. Mm-hmm. So to them, they don't look at it as a scrap. They eat. That's no different than Jamaicans. They eat, they eat chicken feet still to right now. Yeah, I know some country people do that. Right now, and it don't have nothing to do with slavery. They just eat chicken food stew. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not me. Yeah, no. Not ever. Not a ear, not a tail, not a neck. None of that. I'm not even eating a turkey neck. Not oh. I said the cat. Mm. But I will eat some red red. Oh, I'm going to make it. So me thank too. you for posting that recipe. The, yeah, I was like, I, I sent out a recipe. Did you get it? Yeah. That, yeah. And they're um, just black eyed peas, right? That's it. They call them cow peas there, but they're just black eyed peas. And you have to have the red palm oil okay. to cook with them. But let me tell you, the next time I go, uh, I'm going to cook at least two or three days mm-hmm. with some chefs there. 
Ooh. and make some really dope content. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I want to learn. Uh, there is so much. I feel like we've just been neglected mm -hmm. and not taught. Uh, if, if I hate when people say this on social media. If heaven had Facebook, I would tell my daddy he was right. Mm. Like, it is really the most beautiful land. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. And it's so rich. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's so much potential. Yeah. It's a thank you. I'm glad we got to experience yeah. that together. I, let me tell you, when I say I can't wait to go back, I'm in my head like, I think I'm going to just buy some land. Now, I don't want I thought, now I'm going to say this and I'll leave you alone. I thought I was going to get over there and be like, I ain't ever coming back to America. And everybody around me thought I was going to say that because they knew how much I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I got over there and was like, yeah, no. I mean, I don't want to stay. I want to come as often as possible, but I don't want to stay. I'm good. I want I want some air all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I want paved roads all the time. And I want my soda without 100% sugar. Give me high fructose corn syrup. Please. Yes, and I want water every day. Yeah, I want water every day. And, yeah. I want water every day, all day, and I want it to be real strong when it comes out of the faucet. <laughs> Not drip, drip, yeah. and we like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. Because where we were, we were told that, like, we woke up one morning without water, and they said that sometimes the city will shut the water out for two or three days. So you have to have a backup pump or a treated borehole for water if you needed it. So some people don't have that luxury. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm yeah, I'll come back yeah. as often as possible. Yeah. Now I will say this. Our Airbnb was absolutely stunning. It was air everything marble, everything glass. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Just I mean, gorgeous. But <clears throat> I think that it's one of those where I want to go as often as I can and go accept the peace there and just step away from the world as I know it. But yeah, I ain't got to live. There. No, I don't want to. I, I thought I, I thought I really was anticipating dropping four or five thousand dollars on a piece of land while I was there. Mm. And then I got there and was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. When they vacation off. home. Yeah, that's it. And maybe, yeah. maybe not even that. Well, thank you so much for sharing yes. some of your time Absolutely. and thank your you for entrepreneurial me. spirit and yes. uh, cerealpreneur, gardener, fashion designer, um, recovering Jesus Jr. Yeah, sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes I slip still. Hey, we, we all do. We all do because some of it is a part of your personality. Some of it is a part of who you are. And God uses us to be a blessing to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for tuning in to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast with our host, Chef Tam. You're the host. I'm the guest. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all. I'm for like, what's me. my name again? I'm and Chef Tam. <laughs> what is I'm Chef Tam about? and this is Montoya. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, go be great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah.